We had our leadership retreat yesterday. And I, I gave this word to them. And afterwards, I was like, shoot, that's a good word, Lord. The whole church needs this one. We all need it. He wants you to flourish. He does. God is not against you. He is for you. But some of us, we've believed the lie. Uh, God's out to get me. Things never go my way. And I'm telling you, that is a lie from the enemy. Because if you would just believe what his word says, if you would take him at his word, there is a blessing when you get planted in his house. And, and I'm telling you right now, I don't care if it's this house or another house. Find a house, find his people, find a church and get planted. Maybe some of you, you're visiting today and you don't live here. That's okay. Find a house where you're at and get planted. But if you're here and you feel like God is calling you today to be planted, I'm telling you, this word is exactly for you. And some of you, you've been tempted in this last season to uproot. You've been tempted to say, ah, maybe I don't want to be planted there anymore. Maybe there's a better house over here. Maybe there's a better house over here. The best house is where God calls you. If you spend the rest of your life going from house to house and never getting planted, you're missing out on flourishing in his house, in his courts, because there is a blessing when you are planted. Psalm 92, one through six. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night on an instrument of 10 strings, on the lute, on the harp with harmonious sound. This is what we do on Sunday mornings, right? We gather and we praise him and we worship him. We use instruments and we sing about the glory of him. Some people come into a church and they're like, can we just get past the worship? Can we get to the word? Like I, They miss it. They miss it completely because it all starts with praise. It all starts with the worship. If you want to get to the blessing in verses 12 through 15, if you want to get to the place where you are planted and you are flourishing, if you want to bear fruit in your old age, if you want to be productive and feel fresh and flourishing in your old age, you don't get planted and flourishing unless you praise first. That's why we start every Sunday morning. What do we start with? We start with worship. We start with praise. Some of us, we come in here on a Sunday morning and we may not even feel like it. We, we might feel like God didn't really show up for me. He didn't really deliver. He didn't really do what I was expecting him to do this week. I'm kind of mad at him. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, we're not in a good place right now. And you might not feel like it, but guess what? We don't always feel like doing what's best for us. If we let our feelings lead, our choices will follow. What happens when you let your feelings lead? You make bad choices, right? When you follow your feelings, you make terrible choices. We all do it. If we let our feelings lead, none of us would ever work out. None of us would ever eat the right things. Look at our country. We're one of the most obese, unhealthy countries in the world. We spend more money on pharmaceuticals than the entire world combined. Why? Because we keep following our feelings and our choices get left in the dust. But if we would choose to do what's right for us, if we would choose to do the things that we don't feel like doing, but we know are right for us, we know are best for us, then guess what? When you start to choose the things that are hard, when you start to choose the things that are most difficult, your feelings will follow. Choices lead, feelings follow. Follow. 
If you're taking notes, write that down. It'll change your life. You're going to wake up tomorrow on Monday, and you're going to be like, I don't feel like going to the gym, so I'm going to choose to go. And guess what? All of a sudden, you start choosing. You start making the right choices. Your feelings are going to begin to follow. All of a sudden, next Monday is going to come around, and you're going to be like, I kind of feel like going to the gym today. I, I like it. I like those days that I chose to go last week. I feel energized. I feel refreshed. It's the same thing with our worship. I don't feel like raising my hands. I don't feel like getting down on my knees and worshiping God. That's embarrassing. I don't feel like doing that. You choose to worship. You choose to come in here and come into a posture of worship. Because when you read through God's word, it talks about giving him your hands, giving him your voice, dropping to your knees, dropping to your face in worship. It's a posture of worship. And some of us think, oh, I need to feel like it. or Otherwise, it's not genuine. No, no, no. Choices lead. Feelings will follow. It will change your life when you begin to choose to worship him. When you come in here on a Sunday morning and you stop standing there with your hands in your pockets or you stop standing there like this, some of you, you know, you're feeling called out right now. I'm calling you out because I want better for you. I want you to flourish. And it starts with praise. Praise will plow the soil. Look at this, Hosea 10, 11 through 14. Ephraim is a trained heifer that loves to thresh grain, but I harnessed her fair neck. I will make Ephraim pull a plow. Judah shall plow. Jacob shall break his clods. In the Bible, names are significant. Sometimes we read right past this and we forget that there are layers. I mean, you can read the Bible every year for the rest of your life until Jesus comes back or until you leave this earth. And he can still reveal new things, new gems, every day, every year for the rest of your life. It is deep and wide. Names have significance and meaning. It says this, Judah shall plow. You know what Judah's name means? Praise. Let him be praised. Praise shall plow. Our praise plows. Write that down. You can write that down. Hold on to these. This is, I, I, I was sitting last week and all of a sudden I was going through this passage, getting ready for our leadership retreat. And he just started showing me these things. And they all started with the letter P. It was really nice. It was really convenient. But he started showing me these things that just popped out. And he just kept revealing these truths in this passage of Psalm 92. But our praise plows the way. If you keep reading there, verse 12, sow for yourselves righteousness. You can sow righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. I, I had to look that up. I was like, fallow ground. I kind of had an idea, but I needed to look it up. Fallow ground. It is land that could be productive, but for whatever reason has not been broken up, tilled, plowed, and prepared for planting. There is good soil in here, in this church, there is great soil in here that could be productive, but it needs to be taken care of. It needs to be plowed. It needs to be tilled. It needs to be softened. And that is what praise does. Praise is a plow. Some of you right here, right now, you, you need to get this revelation because you haven't been praising him. You've been distracted or you've been pulled by all these things in the world and you haven't made a choice to praise him before anything else. 
Some of you, what you need to do is tomorrow when you get in the car on your way to work, instead of turning on talk radio or turning on a podcast or whatever it is, you just need to turn on praise music. I I don't care if it's 104.9 or if you've got something on Spotify or Apple. Turn on some praise music and let him plow the ground. Start to make that soil that could be productive but hasn't been productive. Let's make it productive. Let's make it soil that can receive the seed of righteousness. That's what he wants to do. He wants to break up the soil, the hard-heartedness, so you can receive what he has for you. If you want to flourish, if you want to be planted in his house, it starts with praise. That is why we do this. That's why worship is central to the culture of revival. If we don't break up the ground, I can sow seed right here all day. I get up here, and what am I doing? I'm sowing the seed of God's word. I'm throwing seed out there. And what's it doing? If we don't praise, if we don't plow the soil, the seed is just bouncing off. It's just sitting there on dry, hard ground. You've all walked through Nebraska in the summer. You've been on the dirt, and you've seen how it gets in the summer, right? It is dry. It is, I mean, nothing is getting through that soil. If you're throwing seed, that seed's dying. That seed ain't doing anything. But if we plow it, if we till it up, if we soften it, all of a sudden that seed finds a place where it can take root and it can, it can begin to grow. That's what God wants to do. It starts with our praise. So even when we get a chance at the end here to praise and worship again, you get a second chance this morning, some of you. Some of you, you had a chance already, you missed it. That's okay, because guess what? There's another chance at the end. There's another chance for you to raise your hands. There's another chance for you to sing and to shout about his goodness to shout about his faithfulness. There's another chance to soften the soil today. Don't miss it. Break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord. That's what we do. We're seeking after him. Not just on Sundays, every day of the week. We're seeking him, seeking his presence till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way, in your own feelings, in the multitude of your mighty men. There's people that we look at in our culture, and we don't call them mighty men, but we call them celebrities, we call them politicians, we call them influencers, and we look to them, and they set the standard for us, and we follow them, we follow the multitude. What are you doing? You're plowing wickedness, you're reaping iniquity. No, 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 things are different. When you get planted in the house, no, we don't follow the multitude of what the world is doing, what the world is chasing after. Because if you do, therefore, verse 14, tumult shall arise among your people and all your fortresses shall be plundered. No, it's not good when we try to follow the world. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Praise will plow. Let it break up the fallow ground. Psalm 92, verse 6. A senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. When the wicked spring up like grass, and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. 
If you want to be planted, you have to be patient. The wicked sprout like weeds. That's what he's saying there. How do weeds sprout? Quick, fast, right? We see these people popping up all over. We see, I'll stick with Instagram influencers. We see them popping up and it looks like they're living this great life. They got money, they're traveling, they're doing all these things and it's like they're sprouting up fast and quick and we want that. We want that instant success. We, we want it for ourselves. We want the wealth, we want the fame, we want the attention, we want it all and we see it sprouting up all around us and we think, I can't get that if I'm here in the house. Because if, I, if I'm here, if I'm planted in the house of God, I can't live the way they're living. I can't chase after the things they're living. And we begin to believe the lie of the enemy that we have to leave the house to find happiness, to find joy. That's the, that's the lie of the deceiver. Don't believe that. Rebuke that. Say, no, 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 I don't want that. I'm going to be patient and stay planted. Because guess what? What happens to weeds? They get uprooted. Nobody wants a weed. The Lord doesn't want a weed. He wants a palm tree. He wants a cedar of Lebanon. He wants trees that grow down deep in their roots. Palm trees, they grow their roots wide. He wants to go deep and wide. He doesn't want these weeds sprouting up all over. When you can be planted in the house, be patient if you want to be planted, if you want to flourish in your old age. Psalm 92, verse 10. But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Anytime we see oil, there is a connection between oil and the Holy Spirit. All throughout Scripture. When the first kings of Israel were anointed, they were anointed with oil. And the Holy Spirit came upon them, Saul and David. There is a connection between oil and his presence. We need power to be planted. And when you're planted, you are powered by the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When you are planted in his house, you are powered by the Holy Spirit living within you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within you. There's power in the house. Outside the house, we see imitations of power. But they're counterfeit. They're not real. We see control. We see manipulation. We see domination. No, no, no. The power the Holy Spirit offers does not look like the power of this world. It is not manipulative. It is not controlling. The Holy Spirit doesn't come upon us and start to tell us, you need to do this, you need to do this, you have to do this. The Holy Spirit doesn't pressure us. The Holy Spirit guides us. He's our guide. He's our comforter. And he empowers us. He gives us strength. When you're planted in the house, you're filled with the same power. You're anointed with his oil, his presence, his Holy Spirit. Psalm 92, verse 11 My eye also has seen my desire on my enemies. My ears have my desire on the wicked who rise up against me. That's the New King James. I put the NLT up here for us. 
It's a little easier to understand on this one. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. There's protection when you're planted in the house. There's protection from your enemies when you are planted in the house. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and rulers of this world. There's an invisible battle going on. There are spiritual enemies that want to attack you, oppress you. They come to steal, kill, and destroy. But when you are planted in the house, guess what? All their attacks, they just bounce off. Anytime you begin to even feel a little bit of an attack, a little bit of an oppression, all you do is you take back your authority in Christ and say, no, 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 I I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Because I know my God did not give me a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-control. That's who my God is. That's the spirit that dwells within me. There's protection in the house. So right now, if you do feel attacked, if you do feel like, man, things are just going on all around me, like everything is falling apart, ask yourself, are you really planted in this house? Are you really planted and growing down deep with your roots in this house? Or are you just kind of half in, half out? Because if you're not feeling that protection, it might be time at the end of this service to sit with him and listen. And if he's telling you, you need to get planted again, you need to get rooted deep here, then you need to make that recommitment. You need, you need to find somebody. You need to pray with somebody. You need to come up and say, you know what? I, I want to get planted in the house again. I want to serve my king in his house, in his courts. I want to flourish all the days of my life. There's protection in the house. Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. You need to get planted. Palm trees, their roots, they grow wide. My wife helped me with this yesterday. She did a little research for me. They grow wide. And palm trees are almost like a, a rubbery material. So that when storms come, because typically that's where we see palm trees in areas where storms and hurricanes hit, they're on phase by the storms. They may bend to the right or to the left, but they will not be uprooted. The cedars of Lebanon It's the exact wood that Solomon, King Solomon, all the way back in 1 Kings chapter 5, when he was tasked by the Lord to build a temple to Yahweh, it's the exact wood that he had brought in to build the temple of our God. That is what God wants planted in his house. Trees that won't be uprooted, Trees that no storm can phase. Trees that are dedicated to housing his holiness. Come on, that's a good word, church. Housing his holiness. That's you. That's me. That's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be planted in his house. He's building us up. Let your roots grow down deep. Be rooted in his house. 
you're going to house his holiness, if you're going to get planted in his house, guess what? There's something else that goes along with being planted. You got to get pruned. You're not growing out in the wild anymore. So now if you're going to be productive, you got to get pruned. John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. In my life in these past years, there are branches of my life that he cut off. And there were branches, and I was like, I don't want you to get rid of that. I don't, God, don't get rid of that one. Come on. Like, I, I, I like TV. I like movies. Like, for me, like, it was TV and movies. Like, it was entertainment. I, I was still watching some of the entertainment of the world. And, and, and this, is, this is for me. I'm not telling you, like, oh, that's a sin. You need to quit watching Die Hard or whatever. I don't care. Like, if the Holy Spirit convicts you, you take that to the Lord. You, you take that up with him. For me, he started to prune things off my life, things that I really wanted, things that I loved. But he started to show me, no, 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 I, I want you to be more productive. Because he started to show me how many hours I had spent in my life wasting, watching TV, movies, every new show that was on, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. I know, I'm confessing right now, all right? Here we go. All these things, he kept showing me, you're missing out. You can be more productive in my kingdom. Stop living this way. And so he started to prune me You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Some of you, you feel that right now, just, just you're like, you already got convicted. Like, he are, the Holy Spirit already spoke something to you. I want to cut this off your life. You, you need to hear this also, though. You're already clean. You're cleansed and washed by his word. You're sealed by his Holy Spirit. If you've given your life to Jesus, if you haven't, you have a chance to do that today at the end of service. You can come up. You can find our ministry team. You can find me. If you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to get planted in the house, you can do that today. But if you've been planted, if you've been rooted, but now you're being convicted, like, oh, man, I, I know I need to get rid of some of this stuff. Don't let the enemy say, oh, see, you're not really saved. Oh, see, you're, you're not really this or that. Like, no, no, no. You are saved. You are sealed. But he wants to prune you so you can be more productive. Let him do his work. He's a good gardener. He knows what he's doing. You're not out in the wild anymore, growing however you want, however you desire. No, no, no. He's going to prune you so you'll be productive. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. There's a lot of renegades in ministry out there. There's a lot of renegades thinking, oh, I can bear good fruit on my own. I don't need the church. In fact, we see a lot of these these nonprofits that pop up and, and they kind of work as if they're for Christ, as if they're on his team, but they want nothing to do with being planted in a church. And we see a lot of these ministries that go around, these traveling ministries, and they do all these things, but are they planted and rooted in his house? Some of you in here, you're, you're involved in a nonprofit. Some of you in here, you're involved in ministry outside of this house. Make sure you're planted in the house. Otherwise, everything you're doing outside on your own, you're not going to be productive. 
Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There's a lot of people that say, oh, Jesus is the vine, not the church. No, no, no. Jesus loves the church. Jesus' design is for you to be a part of the church. If you want to be, I got a personal relationship with Jesus. If you want to drop that in here, I'm telling you right now, Jesus would rebuke that right to your face. He would. He'd say, no, 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 you got to be in my church. You got to be in my house. You got to be planted. If you want to be productive, you got to get planted in my house because that's his design. That's the way he created it. And so you don't just get to be a renegade out in the wild and say, well, I got a personal relationship with Jesus. I got church hurt. I don't want anything to do with the church anymore. So I'm just gonna kind of do it on my own. You can't do it on your own. Jesus tells us that. You need to be planted in his house. That's what he wants for you. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse six, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. He wants you to bear fruit. Number seven, he wants you to be productive, to produce good fruit. Because guess what? When you get pruned, you get productive. You start to bear fruit that you couldn't bear on your own. You begin to produce good fruit out of your life that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit and his movement in your life. Galatians 5, through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. When you're planted in the house, you're gonna begin to see this fruit being produced in your life. This is what he wants you to do. If you want to flourish in your old age, like what we see in Psalm 92, if you want to flourish in the courts of our God and bear fruit in your old age to be fresh and flourishing, you got to get planted in his house. Proverbs 3, 1 through 2, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. There's fruit, there's peace, there's prosperity, there's long life when you get planted in his house. Because when you get planted in his house, you begin to get the word, his teaching, his commands planted in your heart. Get planted in the house, his word's gonna get planted in your heart. Worship team, I wanna invite you up as we get ready to close out. We're gonna have a time of communion But before Nevin gets up to share that, I I just want to pray over you, church. We're in a season where God is doing an amazing thing. He's doing an amazing work. And for those who have been patient and stayed planted, there's a double portion for you. There's things that you're going to begin to see happen and take place in your life that you're going to say, that's only God. 
There's, there's miracles that are about to happen and take place in your life. There's restoration of relationships that are going to happen in your life. There's physical healing that's going to take place that is only going to happen because you've stayed planted and patient in this season. And there's that blessing that comes when you are planted in his house. I want to pray over you, church. Will you guys stand up? If you want to receive this today, if you want to get planted in the house, let's just close, close our eyes, bow our heads. Put your hands out. Put your hands up. Put your hands somewhere. If you're saying today, Lord, I want to get planted today. He sees you. We're coming into a season where we're going to see fruit in this church. We're going to see the fruit of the seeds that we sowed two and a half years ago when we first began. There's seeds that we sowed two and a half years ago in faith. And we said, God, I believe you. I believe in revival. I believe you're bringing it to our house, to our family, to our lives, to our kids, to our city, to our nation. We've been sowing seeds of revival in this house for two and a half years, and we're beginning to see the first fruits. They're coming. We're seeing the healings. We're seeing the miracles. We're seeing the movement. God is breaking out in this place, and he is multiplying because that's what he does. When he prunes us, we've been in a season of pruning as a church. He's been pruning us. He's been cutting off branches, but guess what? What happens after you get pruned? You get productive. God, we're believing that. In this season, we want to be productive for you, Lord. We want to get planted so we can be productive for you, for your kingdom, to build up your kingdom, not our own. I'm just sensing right now, we need to praise and we need to worship. And then we'll have Nevin come up to close us out with communion after we praise and we worship him. If you need prayer in this moment, our ministry team's gonna be over here at the front. I'll be over there. If you, if you just wanna come find somebody and say, I, I wanna get planted, I wanna get connected, I wanna get in the house, do that today. Or if you, if you just wanna say, hey, I've been out of the house, I've been disconnected, but I'm coming back. I want what he has for me in his house. I want to get planted. Don't wait. Get planted today. Father, we love you. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for the church that you've given us a house that we can be planted in, that we can be pruned. Father, I pray in this season that you would make us productive, that you would bring a harvest, that it'd be a harvest of righteousness, that there would be lives saved and changed and freed and delivered through the power and blood of your son and through our testimony about who he is and what he's done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.